We're finishing up our sermon series today on Back to the Source, where we've been talking about lots of different ways that we reconnect to the Holy Spirit during this commitment season, and today we're finishing up with serving. We've talked about worship, praying, giving, studying, and today we're going to finish up with serving. And we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 31. Before I read that to you, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it when we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick in prison, and you did not visit me. And then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you, hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? And then he will answer them. Truly I tell you, just as you did not do to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So last Friday morning, we had our annual Halloween parade at Faith Preschool. It's always a joyful thing for me to see all the kids dressed up in their costumes. I even try to get dressed up a little bit myself. I have a Superman cape that I always wear, and even Trinity dressed up this week. And it's fun to see the kids pretending to to be superheroes and fairies. We had all sorts of of different costumes, a dragon and a a little hoot owl, even a baby shark somebody dressed up as. And and the kids like to even pretend that they are dressed up or are the character that they're dressed up as. They're Spider-Men who are pretending to make webs come out of their hands, and, and Baby Shark was chomping her little Baby Shark hands, and, and even the Hoot Owl would get a little hoot hoot here and there just to put the full effect in. But the, the children that always uh, uh, bring my heart the most joy are those who want me to make sure I see them. Not just the ones who want to make sure I see their costumes, but they want to make sure I see them. There was one little, little boy yesterday, or Friday, I mean, that came around the corner. He saw me. He waved to me. I saw him in his costume, and he walked right up to me and pulled his mask down and said, Pastor Brad, 
it's me. It's me. I always like to play along and say, oh, I didn't know it was you. What a wonderful costume you have. He wanted to make sure I saw him for who he was. In our passage this morning, Jesus wants to make sure we see Jesus in the world. He, in fact, that's what the disciples ask in our passage. When did we see you, Jesus? Of course, the disciples want to not only see Jesus, but be faithful to Jesus, to love Jesus and care for Jesus wherever he might be in the world. And so they ask that question, when did we see you, Jesus, and not take care of you? This passage from Matthew 25 is right at the end of Jesus' life. In fact, it's one of the last passages of teaching that Jesus does in, in Holy Week, in fact. And he's up on the Mount of Olives with his disciples, and he's been telling them different parables about really uh, that involve people going away and coming back, like the parable of the talents. The master goes away and then comes back. The, the parable of the bridesmaids, the, the bridegroom is coming, and so we're supposed to get prepared. We're supposed to wait faithfully and, and be faithful. And in the midst of, of all of these parables, Jesus ends by saying, and when I come back, I'm going to say, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me something to drink. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. And the disciples ask, when did we see you? And Jesus answers, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. We're supposed to be able to see Jesus in the faces of the least of these out in the world. Now just like those disciples, I would love to think that, that we do see Jesus all around us and we try to be faithful to Jesus every single day of our lives. That we want to be faithful to Jesus by helping those people in need around us. That's who we're called to be as a church. But the truth of the matter is we typically see Jesus in our own lives in the faces of those people who love us who helped us get right here where we are. Those people from the past who helped us build this church, those people in our families who have, have, have made us who we are and loved us into being. Maybe we even see Jesus in each other's faces. But the challenge that Jesus gives us is to see Jesus in the face of the stranger, to see Jesus in the face of those in need. And that's a lot harder to do. One of my favorite preachers, as you know, Fred Craddock, tells a wonderful little story about when he and his wife Nettie had gone to, to preach at a revival for a, another church. And they had been preaching for four days at this church with huge crowds. And, and, and every single night, the four nights in a row, they'd have these wonderful crowds. And, and during the service, they would have a passing of the peace like we're used to doing here. And during that passing of the peace, people would get up and hug each other and love each other and care for each other. And it would go on and on like some of you in the back row, like like to do during our passing of the peace, taking forever to, to share their love and support and care for each other. And at the end of the night, or at the end of the last night, one of the elders took Nettie and, and Fred out to eat and said, have you ever seen such a loving and wondering and welcoming congregation? Fred's wife, Nettie, said, well, yes, I have. And he said, what do you mean? Didn't you notice how much we loved each other during the passing of the peace? And Nettie responded, yeah, but... Nobody came to speak to me. And he said, oh, well, they must not have realized that you were somebody, that you were the preacher's wife. They must not have realized that you were an important person. Maybe that's what the disciples think. They must not have realized that Jesus was all around them in these people that we don't realize. They're important because they haven't shown us all the love and support that we need. And so we don't realize that right there in our midst... 
right in front of our faces is the face of Jesus Christ. We welcome those and love those who care for us, but maybe don't always realize that Jesus is in the people around us who are in need as well. Now don't get me wrong, we know there are people in need around us and we try very hard at this church to help them. We know all the statistics, if you read the paper, if you watch the news, you know that every year in the city of Tallahassee there are at least 4,000 people that some point throughout the year experience homelessness. Every year there are somewhere around 3 million people every day in fact in, in the state of Florida who have some sort of experience, some sort of food scarcity where they can't get the, the nutritious food that they need. We know these kind of things, and we know that COVID has only uh, made those things harder, made those things more difficult. And so we've tried to do things, all of us individually, and some of us together as a church are trying to do things to, to help those people. But my question that I've been asking myself this week is, do I really see them? I know they're out there. I want to try to help them, but do I really see them for who they are as children of God? I have to be honest with you, and I have to maybe confess to you a little bit that I don't know that I do. As much as I would love to tell you that I see those people on the street and I, I love them and support them and care for them like my own family, the truth of the matter is, is that most of those people are nameless people to me that I pass by every single day. I had an experience this weekend, in fact, that kind of convicted me of that. As you know, as I told you during the announcements, tomorrow is All Saints Day, where we think about all of the people in our lives who have passed away. And some of you know that Julianne and I have experienced a lot of that in our family over the past year. We've been thinking about all the legacy that those people in our family, our grandparents and my uncle, have, have given us. But as I was thinking about how much they have loved me and how much I've seen God in their faces, I started to think about those people in the world who don't have family like I do. Maybe folks who even when they pass away, they don't have friends or family who cherish them and love them and honor them. You may know this, maybe you don't know this, but Tallahassee, like most towns throughout the United States, most counties throughout the United States, we have a cemetery here in town. It's just down on Crawfordville Highway that is a cemetery for people who cannot uh, afford to pay for their own funeral. It's a cemetery for people who die and they don't have families, a cemetery for people who die and they don't have friends. And so maybe inspired by our passage this morning, I, I drove down to Crawfordville Highway to see if I could find it. It's off the side of the road, not marked very clearly. And, and sure enough, uh, I walked out and found it in the midst of the trees there. And there in this cemetery were just little plots with a, a little metal plate on a stick marking each of the plots. And on some of those metal plates were in fact names but in a lot of those metal plates were just numbers. People didn't know their names when they were buried, and so they weren't known to us. They had been forgotten and unseen before they died. And I was convicted in those moments. I wondered how many of those people had I passed by in the five years that I have been here in Tallahassee. How many of those people that I had seen on the side of the street and said, well, that's not my brother struggling. I won't worry about him. Or how many of those people had been older adults who had been alone in their homes that I had not reached out to them and thought, well, that's not my grandfather. I don't need to worry about them. And in that moment, as I looked across all those graves, I realized how much I had failed to see Jesus Christ in my neighbor. And I was thankful in that moment because I knew that even though I didn't know their names, God knew their names, that even today, they are part of the church triumphant. 
God calls us to see Jesus Christ in our neighbor, to see Jesus Christ and to care for our neighbor, not because they have earned our love, but because the grace of God is not earned. God's love, the love of Jesus Christ, is not something that seeks out accolades or is is earned by something that you do. God's love is something that gives value just by simply being a child of God. I've been convicted by that this week about how can I find more ways to see Jesus Christ in my neighbor. Thankfully, Jesus Christ tells us exactly how to do that in this passage that I just preached from. Jesus Christ tells us that if you want to see Jesus in the face of our neighbor, you have to serve them. But not just serve them from a distance, serving them at arm's length, but serving them face to face, up close, handing them that cold cup of water, handing them that food, handing them that jacket off their back, looking them in the eye and learning their name. Because you see, most of the time, we like to help others, to change other people's lives because it continues to give us a sense of status and power. But Jesus Christ calls us to see Jesus in the face of others so that we might be changed by those relationships too. Let me give you another example from our lives. Uh, Julianne told this story when we were in Montreat earlier this year, but when she was younger, she had gone on a wonderful mission trip to Jamaica, just like we're going to go to Guatemala again this year. And She had gone and served with lots of her friends from her school, and she was very proud of the work that she had done. She had gone to an infirmary there that was filled with, with really the poorest of the poor in Jamaica, people who had, their families could no longer visit them. Many of them had been abandoned by their families and didn't even know who some of their families were, but she got to go and work with them and stay with them and and help them during her time in Jamaica, serving them in countless ways. And she took pictures of a lot of the things that she did. And she came back home and wanted to share those pictures with her grandfather, who was a mentor for her. So her grandfather could be proud of her, just like she was proud of the work that she did. And as they were sitting there, when she got back home, leafing through those pictures, her grandfather had a little frown on his face. And she asked him, what's wrong, grandfather? And she looked at those pictures and he asked the question, what are their names? She started looking through the pictures herself, thinking about these people, thinking about these pictures, seeing the faces in those pictures and realized that she had forgotten a lot of the names of the people that she had served. And so she went back and tried to write down those names to remember them one by one and add them to her prayer list. They were not just people who were badges of achievement that she had experienced and collected while she was serving, but they were people, real people, who had real lives who should have affected her as much as she hoped to affect them. That's what God calls us to do when God calls us to serve, not to just keep them at arm's length, but bring them in so they become us. Because that's what happens when we see Jesus' face in the face of the other. If Jesus is truly in the last and the least and the lost, then the last and the least and the lost should change us. Because Jesus should change us. Now, if you've been listening to this sermon series over the past four weeks, you hopefully are hearing something in common with all of these weeks, worship, prayer, give, study, and service. There is something in common with all of them. And what we have in common is relationships. 
We worship because we want to strengthen our relationship with God and strengthen our relationship with each other. We pray so we can strengthen our communication with God and strengthen our communication with each other. We study together so we can strengthen that conversation, that ongoing conversation that we have with God from generations past to generations future. We give so that we can have that conduit, that pathway to relationships between people who have money to give and people who have other things that they can give to bind them together and we serve to do the same thing to strengthen relationships relationships that not only help other people but change us that help us to see once again who God wants us to be and how we can love our neighbor and be changed by our neighbor not just seeing them as as them but seeing them as us over the next few weeks, as, as we start to think about what we're going to be doing in 2022, I hope you will think not only about ways that you can give, ways that you can pray, ways that you can study, but I want you to think about how you can serve. We have over 900 baptized members in this church, men, women, and children. That's 900 people here in the city of Tallahassee. I wonder what would happen if those 900 people did one hour of service a month. 900 hours of service a month for the city of Tallahassee. 900 hours of reaching out to each other across the pews and, and learning more about each other, building relationships with each other, serving each other. 900 hours of service outside these walls where we can go out and see those people who are the last, the least, and the lost and build relationships with them. 900 hours of, of trying to reach out and strengthen the ties and the relationships that we have with God's children. Imagine how the world would be changed, but even more so, imagine how we would be changed. Imagine how all the initiatives that we have would look different if we started by trying to start with a relationship. I'm convinced that that's where good things begin. Looking someone in the eye, learning about them, having compassion for them, having empathy for them, and trying to call them family. Over the next few weeks and months, I hope you will help us do that because that's our goal for 2022 is to strengthen those relationships that so many things over the past few years have tried to pull apart. We can do that if we just believe once again that in the face of our neighbor, we will see Jesus Christ. There's a wonderful story that a man named Jim Wallace, he's a, a, a Christian author and, and activist, often tells uh, about a homeless shelter up in Washington, D.C., and a, a person there named Mary who serves there all the time. And he loves to tell this story, he tells it over and over again about how Mary comes in every day and serves and, and tries to help, even though she is one of those needy people herself. And every day before they open the doors of the shelter and open the doors of the soup kitchen, she offers a prayer. She's the one, the designated prayer, that offers the prayer. And the prayer goes something like this. Lord, today we know You will be in that line of people coming through the door. Help us to show You the care that You need. We're called every day to see Jesus Christ in the face of our neighbor to see Jesus Christ not only in those that we love, but see Jesus Christ in the last and the least and the lost. And we do so because God loves them. And we do so because if we do that, then maybe those folks might see Jesus Christ in our face too. 
to the glory of God. Amen. I'm honored today to invite Shelly Camp to come forward. She's going to share a little bit about one of our mission projects and an opportunity that you have to serve. When I was young, my grandfather always said, ask and you shall receive. Usually this was whenever I asked for the green beans at the dinner table, but it reminds me how he loved me unconditionally and eagerly took care of me. Returning to the role of deacon, I wondered where my place was. I asked God to show me how I could be useful. God faithfully answered. I found myself in a position to help with manna on Meridian. Again, I had doubts and fears that I would not be enough, but God reminded me that I was not alone. He has built a community that loves each of us and supports us in what he calls us to do. Over the last 16 months or so, I feel like I've continued to do a lot of asking of God, of my family, of our church, our church partners, and the community that we serve. And I have received so much more than I could have ever have possibly have imagined. I received peace, companionship, support, and gratitude. Throughout the pandemic, I never felt alone. You continued to give generously in so many ways. The financial gifts received during the pandemic allowed us to continue helping our community when the number of households that we served each month grew from 130 to 215. When we needed small groups to bag groceries, set up for distribution, place groceries in cars, you stepped in. When we repeatedly encountered supply chain issues, you met the need abundantly each time. Um, when we needed a more conducive workspace, the Building and Grounds Committee and a wonderful team of volunteers uh, literally opened a door for us and tore down some walls. Each worry that has come, this community that God has gathered has responded with enthusiasm and love. And I'm so thankful that each of you have said yes when you were asked to share your gifts. I'm also grateful that God is empowering those who come through our line to help those around them, passing on Jesus' love. We hear story after story of people sharing groceries with their shut-in neighbors or with people who've just lost jobs or left abusive relationships. They are eager to recycle the bags that we receive from the Rags to Bags group by bringing them back to us for use in the next month. They want to be a part of the MANA community that has been built over these last 13 years. Through this experience, God has reminded me that he is faithful, that he loves us unconditionally, and has built a community that loves, empowers, and eagerly takes care of one another.